0: Listeners in 16 countries and 5 continents. Sustainable. The podcast brings you inspirational interviews to help enhance sustainable practices within your organization. Be a business that works for the Earth. With your host, Tabby Jane, CEO and founder of Earthself. Bringing a nature-centered approach into organizational management.
1: In episode 28, I spoke with Ian Thompson, who until recently was Professor of Accounting at Harriet Watt University and Strathclyde Business School, to find out more about how accounting and sustainability go hand in hand and how accounting can help your business become more sustainable. Today, I'm speaking to Sophie Unwin. Inspired by living in a household in Nepal, which created less than a dustbin of rubbish in a year, Sophie Unwin returned to her native Brixton to co-found Remade in Brixton, and then moved to Scotland and founded Remade in Edinburgh, a social enterprise which teaches repair skills and campaigns for zero waste. Both social enterprises are rooted in their local communities and are the product of many other talented people's hard work. Edinburgh Remakery has just been nominated for the UK Social Entrepreneur of the Year Award and has reached the final five nominations and is the only one in Scotland. Sophie has a Master's Degree in Sustainable Development from the charity Forum for the Future and has also worked as a journalist, waste campaign, business consultant, medical secretary, receptionist and doing telesales. Welcome Sophie, it's great to have you on Sustainable today. Thank you. It's great to be here. So Remade in Edinburgh is a great example of the circular economy, something that is a recurring theme on this show. Can you share a little bit more about your business model and why it's circular? Yes, um, we teach people how to fix things. That's our business
0: model. And I discovered when I came back from Nepal that um, it wasn't possible to have a market in fixing things always because... It's so cheap to buy new things um, in in the developed world. So I realized that there was a market for people learning how to fix things. And that was the basis of setting up the remade projects. Um, And by teaching um, computer repair, sewing and mending and furniture repair, we are giving people useful skills which they can um, use at our project, but beyond the project itself. And we can um, generate a different income stream. So we run courses to all different groups, um, from individuals to organizations. We charge different prices um, according to the audience and according to people's budgets. And we are um, very committed to to making our services affordable in the community. Um, So... That's basically the business model part of it. The the other um, part of it is that we take donations of unwanted goods, so that's mainly computers and furniture, and we refurbish them and then we sell them on to bring in another income um, to run the business.
1: Wow, that is fantastic. So, I mean, just, just for me to, to fully understand this you're teaching people a skill set that will go beyond (coughs) whatever they're doing into their daily lives. It's allowing them to to continue using stuff that might otherwise be thrown away. And you're also actually taking stuff that would be thrown away and refurbishing it so that you can then get it out and have it continuing in the economy.
0: Absolutely. And we find that often people have an experience with, um, for example, a laptop where they will go to a shop and they will say that it's not working and they'll want to get it fixed. But the price of fixing it is prohibitive. You know, it might be £100 or something. And then the um, the main message that they'll get is, why don't you upgrade and buy a new one? So we're, we're challenging that narrative. We're challenging that logic and saying to people, well, hang on, let us help you have a look at it. You can book an appointment with us. Appointments start from £20. And often often we find that it's something as simple as needing to clean the inside or um you know just a really uh, a simple fix um that will allow the the um computer to not only be fixed but to last for another three or four years and we've had a 99 percent success rate with our fixes so it shows that that most things are fixable um most people don't need all the resources and you know the Upgrading computers gives you lots of extra uh, uh, software and lots of extra functionality, but often it's not functionality people need. So we really talk to people and find out what what they need, what what they want to achieve with their equipment, and then we help them do that.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, is this the business model then? I mean, is, is, is the fact that you're doing this and you're completely reusing everything, is this part of why you've ended up being nominated for Social Entrepreneur of the Year Award?
0: Yes, absolutely. I think it's that we're doing something different. We're the first project of our kind in the UK, um, so we're showing a different model, and that this is a replicable model. So people are excited about that. We've got a huge potential for helping local authorities that are cash-strapped at the moment and need have huge targets to reduce their landfill waste. Um, and we have also shown that in terms of job creation, there's statistics which show that repair creates 10 times as many jobs as recycling and we've gone from three jobs to 10 jobs in just the last year Um, so we've shown a model that is innovative and replicable and we've also had an impact already in Edinburgh and I think people have seen in the five years that we've been running we started up with 60 pounds in 2011 so we didn't have lots of resources behind us and we've now got you know a a successful business with with 10, 10 members of staff People see, oh, this is actually something which works. And with the um, imperative of, of taking action on climate change, you know, we really do have to have green business models these days that people can get behind and get involved in, and don't uh, depend on I- extracting resources and, and dumping them. It's a, it's an outdated model that we need to um, we need to go out of pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, one of the things that I love there, you know, you're saying that with the repairs, the computer repairs, you've got a 99% success rate. You're showing that you can create, what was it, 10 times as many jobs as recycling by going into repair. You've gone from this organisation of £60 in 2011 and in five years you've got 10 members of staff. I mean, what other key successes have you had that show that this business model works?
0: I think one of the other main successes we've had has been uh, our, our ability to create partnerships with other organisations. So we've got a partnership with the University of Edinburgh. We work closely with um, Edinburgh City Council, and we have a partnership with another charity called Chai, which works with homeless people and supplies the furniture to our shop. Um, so working collaboratively is is really important because. Even though we we've grown, we 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 still ha- we still run a pretty tight ship. We don't have um, any spare spare cash, and we have to make everything, all the resources we have, go as far as they can. And at the same time, we don't want to reinvent the wheel. We we don't want to repli- repeat what someone's already doing successfully. So by um, by kind of adding to what other organisations are doing and finding ways that we can help them, uh, then we can create real success. And I think the best example I can give of that is our partnership with the, um, the charity Chai that helps homeless people because by partnering with them, we help them retain two jobs that they were going to cut delivering their furniture service. They in turn supply us with the furniture. And the added benefit is that the homeless people that they work with get a free supply of furniture out of the partnership. So it's really a win-win scenario. And we were able to uh, leverage in a bit of additional cash from the council to achieve those benefits. But crucially, the money that the council gave us to do that was um, less than half of the money that it would have previously been paying for the same service. So everyone saw an efficiency gain. Everyone saw a benefit. And the um, most importantly, the people who needed help were still getting helped at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. And I mean, what I'm hearing you say there is this is such a creative way of approaching thing, of getting the most out of the resources there, because you've said, you know, this was half the original cost, but there's all these added benefits through the collaboration and the partnerships that you've developed where more members of the community, especially those who are traditionally socially excluded, like the homeless, are able to receive benefits that can actually help them be part of the community.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know we've just had to stick our neck out and say this can be done you know because it's a time of um budget cuts at the moment and um everyone's watching watching the pennies and it's quite easy to to meet a a, a kind of attitude of you know it's too difficult so, um, you know, I think being able to inspire people that, that, that it's not too difficult and that there are ways around. And, and also that we, you know, we must work together to find solutions, uh, you know, to the problems that will otherwise come and hit us much harder um, in, in a few years down the track. Um, and I, th- I guess the other uh, thing I'd point to would be, having the support of the local community has been absolutely crucial. So we opened up our new shop, the um, Edinburgh Remakery, in May this year, which has been fantastic and we've had a great response to that. But we couldn't have done it without all the volunteers that helped with the build and converted an old bank branch into a, a kind of operating shop where, the, um, the till is made out of old pallets, for example, and the workbenches are made out of fire doors that were donated from local businesses. So having, having the community really get behind the idea because they see that it's not just a practical project, but it's, it's actually a voice for change and for um, a kind of campaigning for things to be different. So to move away from blaming people from, from not doing enough to saying, you know, if, if we don't have the resources, and we don't have the facilities and services available for people to behave differently, they can't behave differently. So what we're not looking for is, we're not saying it has to be behaviour change, we're saying it has to be culture change. We need to change the whole way we structure things to make it possible for people to repair rather than to making it the, the last resort. Let's make it the first resort.
1: Yeah. So then what is the big vision for Remade in Edinburgh then? So, the, the
0: next steps are very exciting. Our, our big vision is to try and, um, and, and, and work with, we've had approaches from other communities who are really interested in our business model and is to replicate throughout, the, uh, initially throughout the whole of the UK and perhaps even further, further afield. So, to do that, we're setting up um, a new project called Remade as opposed to Remade in Edinburgh, which is the organisation's name, or Edinburgh Remakery, which is our project. We're just calling it Remade. And then we'll work with any community that that, that we can. We'll start off by piloting the project. Um, but our aim is to see a, a remakery in um, every, every city in the UK, which would be a huge uh, way of increasing our impact and um, making change.
1: Yeah. So just out of curiosity, how can the the nomination for the the Social Entrepreneur of the Year Award help you achieve this vision?
0: Oh, this nomination um, is fantastic. And um, it it would, if we won the prize, so we're down to the last five um, contenders and we're the only one in Scotland. So it's very exciting. And if we if we won, we'd win £10,000. And that £10,000 would go to seed fund this new project to, to work with other communities to um, create a, a training pack um, to share our learning. You know, it's taken us five years in Edinburgh to get to this point. In Brixton, it's taken 10 years to get to this point. So we'd like to, to kind of share, share the trials and tribulations and cut out some of the steps for, for other groups and um and have a package where it, it it only took two years to get from um the kind of start to 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 being open, and we think we could we could do that and so this nomination um what we need is people to vote for us because it's all decided now we 've had all the interviews and screening and being evaluated to get to this point from from over 200 social enterprises that originally applied we're down to the last five but now it's all down to votes. so we've got a voting page open and it's um www.edinburghremakery.org.uk forward slash vote and On the voting page, uh, if you go to that, so the Remakery.org.uk is our website which shows all our workshops and what's what's happening. And then um, if you go to the vote page, you can see that um, you can vote in two ways. And it's very, very easy. It just takes 30 seconds. You can vote online. There's just a little web page to click on. And you can vote by text, which is free. And everyone can vote twice, once by text and once online. So... We'd love people to to spread the word and, and help us uh, do this because we we can't um, we don't have the resources to reach out to other communities at the moment because we're so so busy focusing on the day day to day of running the business.
1: Mm. Yeah, so I mean, how has this focus on sustainability impacted the way that you live your daily life? Um, I
0: think for me, it's really the the biggest um, impact for me has been. Having a sense of community running through my everyday life, through my work and, and, and outside of my work has really enhanced my quality of life and certainly since I came to Scotland, which I moved up here eight years ago and um and I had some Scottish roots so I'd been thinking about moving here for a long time. But I moved up from London and it was it was um kind of real change of life for me. Um being able to have, you know, have an easier commute to work and, uh, and now I cycle to work and um, living in a city with a scale that I, can, I feel is more human and livable in has made a huge difference. So I think that is part of the story of what, you know, all these things are connected, how, how we use resources, how we live, how we travel, how we eat, how we uh, produce food, and being able to see those connections, not just in, in a kind of conceptual way, but in the connections of other people and other projects that you're living side by side by that are your neighbours can make a real difference to making you um, feel a kind of sense of purpose and happiness, I guess, in, in your life. Mm.
1: Yeah, Now that sounds really beautiful. So what resources would you recommend for businesses and organisations that wanted to include repair within their business model?
0: Well, um I say to them, you know, get in touch with us because if we if we win this prize, we'd, we'd love to help you. Um there's a great website called ifixit.com in the states. They publish lots of free uh, guides and um have lots of useful statistics on repair. Um it's a Scottish based you can go to Zero Waste Scotland. They've got kind of government resources and, and guides and some links to different funding sources. Um, and I guess it depends where people are, but that would be a good starting point um, in the beginning. I guess there's also the other environmental NGOs uh, like Friends of the Earth and Greenpeace, and they're doing important work specifically on, you know, looking at consumer electronics and repairability around them. Um, there's a great product called Fairphone. I'd encourage people to check out where you. It's a, a phone where it's designed um, to be repairable, um, so it's quite an innovative uh, idea. And also, it's the materials for Fairphones are sourced from non-conflict mining um, areas, so it's trying to kind of break out of the cycle of um extracting resources which are going to harm you know directly harm the communities that they're in um i think that's a good starting point And, and go come to our website check out what we're doing
1: yeah definitely good resources so who do you most admire and why then sophie
0: well, that's a tricky one. I mean, I know so many people I admire, and I was thinking about this. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna fudge the question with two answers.
1: That's good. So, one
0: of one of them is a friend of mine. I'm not going to name her and embarrass her, but a friend of mine who's a gardener, and she. The reason I really admire her is she's someone who is just so happy living a very simple life, and she just takes so much pleasure in her her life and her work and her friends, and you know getting connected in, into the soil and um, she's such a life enhancing person to be around and it's always a nice reminder to me that you know life doesn't have to be lived at 100 miles a, um, an hour which is sometimes the way I live it um, and then on the other, other other kind of side of things someone else i comes to mind is um, Caroline Lucas the Green um, MP and I think at the moment, you know, politics in the UK, politics around the world is a really, really tr- troubling um, tr- troubling situation. Uh, well, I think we've seen some of the rhetoric that's coming out recently um, about immigration, it's really xenophobic, really, you know, inciting hatred and is really, really wrong-headed. And I think Caroline Lucas is one of those principled politicians that, is both effective and and intelligent, but you know, really, really um, works hard to 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 get a principled alternative voice uh, uh, articulated. And I think that's that's more important now than 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 ever, really. So I I, I very much admire her too.
1: Yeah, awesome. So then, what is one of your most favourite times or memories of a time or place in nature, and why?
0: So um, I have very, very fond memories of my time in Nepal. Um, that was really what inspired me made, And I, I was very lucky because I'd gone out as a volunteer and I was living in a rural community there in the east of the country, so quite remote. And it was uh, working in a school. I was a volunteer teacher in a school and it was set in the middle of a um, pine forest, which was set in the middle of a tea plantation, which was really really stunning and um, there was kind of cardamom plants and um, lots of different uh, uh, beautiful um, forestation and we were kind of about 6,000 feet high so we were in the middle hills. so on a clear day we could see up to um, Kajanjunga and we could also see down to the, the plains because um, a lot of Nepal is actually very tropical which um, so half of, half of the country is kind of in the plains so we had this, this is an incredible, beautiful place to live and for me it really kinda of brought home what uh what it's what what life is about and what how how nature and um nature is, is such an important part of our lives and we, we just take it for granted at at our at our peril, you know, I'd gone out to Nepal thinking I was going to help people, I was going to bring something but I felt that it's a cliche but I felt I learned a lot more than I, I gave and one of the things that I benefited from was living in this, this stunningly beautiful place and, and living in a in a tight-knit community where, where resources got shared and reused and repaired much more than they had done um, where I'd come from in, in, in my kind of suburban um, home in London where I grew up.
1: Mm. So, I mean... The next question is kind of it's, it's 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 almost I'm asking the question and I know the answer because how have experiences like this influenced and impacted your own commitment to sustainability?
0: So I, I guess you know in in your life all your experiences impact you and you can never work out exactly what is cause and what is effect and um, I think growing up I you know I had um, one of the things that impacted me the most was um seeing my dad who was really unhappy in his job and he he died early he he had a heart attack and he had cancer and he died when he was 54 which was really tragic and i i think that really you know woke me up to the fact that life is short and if you if you can't find kind of meaning in your day-to-day life then then you're you're kind of missing out really you know it's not about having a life that you want to escape so that you can go on holiday and which I think is the kind of almost prevailing logic of consumerism. It's about um, really finding meaning in the day-to-day so that's probably the most kind of um, impactful event in my life and the time in Nepal was very important to me because it showed me that there there are alternatives and that you know um, there's so much so much to learn in the the world and education isn't just about what we learn in books and going down a kind of extremely academic model it's about learning um, practical skills and learning values and um, I, I had quite a kind of traditional academic education and for me it was a real revelation to start learning things like how to fix a stove or you know learn DIY and I think that that kind of more balanced model of education is is really, really, um, really enjoyable and really healthy and something that I'd love to share with others.
1: Yeah, and I mean what I'm what I'm hearing you say there is it's like you know the the gift that came from your father's early death there was the fact of of realizing that life does have to be meaning and meaningful and purposeful and you know even the the traditional ap- academic bringing upbringing that you've had of seeing the the practicalness and the connectedness and then the time in Nepal showing you that there's a different way to live that can be more in 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 balance with the environment around you and it sounds as if all of this is core to what you're actually doing with the remakery.
0: Well, yeah, I think so. I do I do I do think so. And I mean nothing's nothing's perfect and and you know, I I struggle sometimes to find balance with everything myself. So, um I I don't think I would ever want to say, you know, I found the I found the the way that other people um should necessarily follow personally, but I do think that there's a sense for me of like living Living your values is is something which um, is very is very nourishing and and I've seen that also in the team of people that I work with who are fantastic. You know, I get I get all the spotlight myself, but it's it's the whole team that makes this work. And what they bring to to their work is a sense of kind of passion and commitment and enthusiasm. Of being part of something bigger than, than all of us individually, and I think that that sense of being part of something and being part of the community and creating something together is is um, very motivating and enjoyable
1: yeah so if if people have been inspired by your vision and your story, um, how best can they help support you and let 's just go back and recover i suppose the especially the social awards oh yeah, well thank
0: you. Um, We would absolutely be so grateful if people could spread the word about this, this awards nomination, because we think we need to get 10,000 votes to win. So that's that's quite a tall order. And the voting runs until the 28th of October. So we've only got a few weeks left. Um, As I say, everyone has got two votes. But if you could go to the uh, if people could go to the Web page, which I'll give you again, it's www.edinburghremakery.org dot uk forward slash vote um if all the information is on that page it's dead simple there's a little um short one minute video that you can watch about the project there and if you could vote and if you could share that content if you could tweet about us if you could put us on facebook you know take a couple of minutes that could make such a difference spread the word to your your friends and your contacts um we're up against some other great projects, but we're the only we're the only environmental one. We're the only Scottish one, and I think our, because of our plans, which are to replicate, we could make the money go such a long way. You know, rather than spending it on on, for example, you know, buying something for the shop, which would be used once by by seed funding an organisation that could kind of make this idea get spread throughout the whole country. Um I think people could be part in in creating a real a real change so we'd love people to vote for us
1: Yeah, and I I just kind of want to reinforce of what what you've said there. You know, it is the small actions that can make the big changes. And for people to take 30 seconds out of their time and day to do one vote, to do two votes, to take another minute to share it, all that independent action could collectively come together to be creating something really, really powerful that could allow this this business model that's had so much success already to be replicated and to help create more and more sense that we are all in this together and collectively we're doing something that is going to change the way that humanity lives in the world and make it more sustainable.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, Tabby. And um, also as a special thank you to people, if anyone votes for us, we're offering um, a discount on our membership. So our membership is normally £25 for the year, but for this voting period, we're offering it for £15 for the year. And um, if you become a member, not only do you support our aims and objectives, but you um, get discounts on our workshops and on the things that we sell. So it's, um, there's an incentive for people to, to do that. And um, all the information about that
1: is on the same web page as before. Brilliant. I love that. So, you know, give, give, give some of your time and get so much back. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. If Sophie's time in Nepal has inspired you to get outside, find out more about how to deepen your connection to nature at www.thenatureprocess.co or if you want to bring nature into your organisation, check out Earthself at www.earthself.org and as always, if you or someone you know would make a great guest on Sustainable, please do get in touch. Enjoy today's episode it only takes a few seconds to share
0: with a friend or colleague if you want to talk more about the ideas in this episode then come join us on the sustainable podcast community group on linkedin new episodes of sustainable are released on tuesdays and thursdays subscribe now on itunes or soundcloud